Hello, everybody, and welcome to You Are Good Enough. I am really excited to introduce the greatness coach, uh, Jason Dixon. I'd like to talk a little bit about him. Jason is a motivational speaker. He is an author of Pursue the Greater You. A little bit about Jason is he's a motivational speaker, educator, and life coach who has built his platform of inspiring young people to trade in their goods for greats. On the back of 18 years working as a sports reporter, a basketball coach, teacher, and behavioral health specialist. Now a trusted expert on self-improvement, leadership development, and personal success, Jason is helping impact the lives as the owner and founder of Inspire to Reach Higher. And he is also, I'd like to mention, a teaching faculty member on Transformation TV. Jason currently lives in Toledo, Ohio, and he is a spoken word poet, world traveler, and an avid New Orleans Saints football fan. So I am psyched. Welcome, Jason. I love talking to you. I've known you for a little while, and I knew as soon as I was doing this, as soon as I had this idea, you were one of those guys that I totally wanted to talk to and interview and bring to my platform because I know you're inspirational and I know that your message is profound and I think will resonate with a lot of people. And I just wanna say before we get started that my intention with us today is that we can find something within yourself, right? that resonates with people that come here and they're you know, searching for some hope, some inspiration themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's why I do this show and I, I am really psyched. So I'd like to say welcome. Thank you, thank you. And Thanks you for are, having me. You are welcome. So let me ask you a quick question. So your new book, I know that's coming out, Pursue the Greater You. You know, I can sit here and I can actually read a little bit about the book um, would you like to tell us about the book or the inspiration behind the book? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on here with such an amazing, talented, beautiful <laughs> uh, ambassador like yourself. Thank you. Uh, I'm humbled uh, and kind of intimidated. Don't Kind of intimidated. <laughs> I think, uh, just a side note, I think the first time we met, I said you bear a striking resemblance to uh, Julia Roberts. So. Oh boy. Uh, and this is uh, this is being recorded right now. <laughs> I yeah. just want to remind you. Okay. Yeah, I know. That's okay, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess so. Yeah, you're making me blush. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so pursue the greater you. So uh, one of the things that I mean I, I kind of built my I guess my platform on and my niche is really trying to help people identify and and uh learn who they are beyond what we see every day. Mm -hmm. So um, I work with a lot of young people from like ages, middle, middle school, 13 to young adults, college, career uh, age, young adults. And one of the things that I really noticed about that demographic is they're struggling with, I feel like, a couple of things. They're struggling with a lot of things, but I feel like two things stand out. Mm -hmm. uh, one is identity. Yeah. I think young people are really at that phase where they're trying to find who they are, uh, what they're here to do, how can how they can make an impact. And I think we can see that with a lot of the movements that's going on throughout the world, throughout the United States, that young people want their voices to be heard. Yeah. They're trying to find out who they are. They're trying to find out 
how they can make an impact. And I think one thing with this generation, they're just not, they're not content with just working the nine to five anymore. They want to make an impact. They want to leave a legacy. They want their fingerprints to be seen on different things throughout our society. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of looking at that, I've, I've kind of taken, taken it upon myself to find out, like, first of all, where does that desire to be great, to make an impact come from? And how can I help? How can I do my part in helping young people find their greater you mm-hmm. beyond what we see every day? Because there's a greater there's a greater person beyond what we see every day. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the inspiration for the book came from. Okay, that's awesome. Thank you. Which leads me into, you know, I've done a little bit of reading in you and I on, on you, and I realize. It's so funny. Like you and I have things in common. And after you tell your story about this, I'll tell you how we have this in common. But basically, I would really love if you could share your past and Mm -hmm. why it is, what truly inspires you every day of your life to reach this important audience at this time. Like what was your aha? What was your story? What is your personal journey that led you to becoming a powerful teacher? First of all, I appreciate you calling me a powerful teacher. I feel like I'm discovering that within myself every day, but that's a great question. So I grew up in Toledo, Ohio, raised by uh, great parents, you know, and so my story really doesn't consist of like the, you know, I didn't really suffer and go through a lot as a young person, I had everything you could ask for. I had food on the table every night. I went to a great school, I had a great education. Um, didn't really suffer and struggle a lot in terms of monetary things. You know, I had a family that provided for me, that loved me. Uh, but I think my struggle was more so within. You know, I had a lot of different things that affected my psyche, just my, my confidence and self-esteem. Um, you know, I was born with a, a disability that affected my eye and hand coordination and, and different aspects of my body in terms of my muscles. The doctors never identified what it was. And so there's a lot of speculation in terms of, you know, different things that, that caused me to deal with tremors and, right. and uh, be clumsy. And it wasn't, at, you know, out of the norm for me to just be walking down the steps as a young person and just you would hear a big bang and it would be me falling down. So I was very clumsy growing up and uh, it really affected my confidence. And one of the other things I I dealt with was my handwriting. I was a very messy handwriter and it it was to the point where I was self-conscious to let anyone see my handwriting. And at 11 years old, um, doctors had diagnosed the, the condition and said that it would eventually lead to me being in a wheelchair by the time I was 13. I never, my parents never told me this, you know, um, they were content to, to let me, um, to rely on our faith and our, our perseverance and believe that, you know, I could overcome and not be, I, you know, labeled as someone who would be defined by their condition. Right. And, um, and so I, I really had a strong support system growing up, but I, I dealt with a lot of internal battles. I, I remember, uh, asking my mom the question one day. This was around when I was in high school, and I, I noticed a pattern. I was, every, you know, how you get the awards from school, uh-huh. you know. Oh. And every year I would get the most improved award, like yeah. Jason, most improved in English, Jason, most improved in gym, most improved in sports. I remember asking my mom one day, 
I'm, I'm, I'm so tired of getting the most improved and something and stuff. Why can't I just get like the, the, the best? Right. Why can't I just be like at the top? Why do I have to like suck at something and always get better at it? And then she said to me, you know, Jason, that's, that's who you are. That's your life story. You know, you think about from the time you were an infant, like your whole life has been about um, starting from nothing and overcoming obstacles to become better than what you were. Yeah. And so I realized, you know, I think that's a lot of people's story, you know, yeah. we start from nothing. We face obstacles. It's just a natural part of life and we overcome it. And that's part of what makes us who we are. And so I said, you know what, I want to spend the rest of my life helping people identify what it is that helps them overcome obstacles because we all possess that strength. We all possess that ability. And so I want to be the person that helps bring that forth in people. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I love your parents, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love mm -hmm. that they allowed you to have your journey without having projection upon you to define who you were. Yeah. Because so many of us, we get projected upon. It's the way that we've been raised. It's the way right. that our world and our society has, has played out upon us. Right. So that we grow towards what they think we're going to be or what we should be or right. all of these things. I love the fact that your parents loved you unconditionally enough mm -hmm. to allow you to be who you came here to be. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I have to say that, you know, cause like I am a parent, I had a child who, and this is where you and I, we have some overlapping here. So I was the parent who had the child who was ill at six mm -hmm. and who I went on a healing journey with for six to seven years, thinking that we were gonna resolve this quickly, but then she too started unraveling. And there are a lot of similarities actually between you guys, you know, mm -hmm. with, the, with the muscle coordination and, and those things. And I have to say that I, I tried real hard to yeah. be like your parents and not define her. And I knew that she wasn't supposed to be this way. This mm -hmm. is what I believed, right? Right. So I wanted to create and manifest a healing for her right. so that we could live a different type of life. Okay. Right. That's awesome. That's amazing. Well, you're doing the same thing. You've oh, done right. the same thing. You've manifested yeah. and created what's going on for you now is you're coming back and you're not only have you overcome this. I mean, I see what you do. You you personal train. You're you like to run. You know, you're physical. Um, mm -hmm. you, You've been a coach, you know, you're so talented and diverse in so many different ways. And I, I just love that. I love, I love that because it's human spirit. It's your soul. You have listened to your soul. I guess the way I look at this too is mm -hmm. it's our soul's calling, right? Mm -hmm. It's our soul's calling. Like even when we're a child mm -hmm. and I went through difficult things too with handwriting, being the stupid kid in the class my whole life because mm -hmm. I missed a lot of years of school early on. Right. Right. So that immediately, as you know, sets you up to be like the special child. Right. Right. So yeah. Many of us teachers, um, you know, today look back on our lives and we all have this in common. There were things that we struggled with that made us mm. feel like we were so abnormal. Right. right. <laughs> Truth is kids are still experiencing that today. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And there are more and more challenges that are coming into play. Right. So, your soul calling as a young person 
right? It was like your soul wanted you to become greater, right? Your soul wanted to overcome these things. Right. I, I read in your bio that you had a teacher, an English teacher, yeah. who really felt to me like she was a game changer for you. Yeah. Um, and I too had an English teacher in my life, right? See, I she'd, never believe, she'd never believe I was an author. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, she kept telling me I can't write the way I talk. And yeah. I kept saying, well, why can't I? Right, right. And, but teachers, they help children have confidence and hope for their future, especially yeah. when they're the ones that feel like they never get it, right? right. Especially yeah. when they're the ones that try to hide the handwriting because they, they can't write. You know, it's right. a coordination thing. There's a neurological yeah. thing going on. You're right. And whatever happens to disrupt the process, and there's plenty of stuff in the environment that has mm -hmm. disrupted our process, right. you know, and, and, and then some. That's so cool that you had a teacher. Yeah, that she was a game changer for you. Do you still talk to her? I'm just curious. I, have, I actually ran to someone who, uh, who goes to church with her. Oh, wow. um, I haven't seen her in probably maybe... 14, 15 years. Yeah. And ironically, um, as I've been on a circuit giving speeches, she's come up in a lot of different stories during those speeches. And, uh, you know, I just felt like, you know, the way I write, when I write my, my speech, I, I try to identify one thing that I think would connect with people. And so this time around, as I'm going around giving speeches, I know it's last year giving graduation speeches. I really wanted to pay homage to her yeah. and identify her and help and, and let people know the type of impact and influence she had on my life. Now I know she would be surprised to hear that. Isn't that funny? I, yeah. 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 Without you know, it I think it's it's important for us to and I love what you said about the soul's calling. I think it's important for us to really sit back and reflect and think about the people whose fingerprints are all over our lives and the people who've helped shape us, shape, shape us and mold us to become who we are today. So that was kind of my way of, of letting her know how, how much of an impact she's had in my life. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Um, so I have a question for you. So, yes. you know, getting back to the soul's calling, what I really would love our, our viewers to hear, and I'd love to hear if you agree here, okay? Mm -hmm. So my experience is, that the soul's calling, the secret of that really lies in what we resist in our lives and mm -hmm. what we're afraid of and terrified, mm -hmm. right? In our lives about being exposed, about stepping out, about mm -hmm. overcoming something. Those things that we, we hear in a way that we're supposed to be changing and shifting and moving mm -hmm. away from or making some type of a change. Yeah. And don't always heed the call and then the universe eventually comes in and, and forces us to hear the call, right? To right. hear the call, so to speak. Right. Has that been your experience in your life? Well, that's, that's so amazing. And I got to tell you, I love what you do. And I see so many similarities between our philosophies and what we do in terms of in, impacting people and inspiring people. I have an activity or a program that I do is activity and a program that I do with specifically adults, like teachers, coaches, parents. You know, I, there's so many different things going around about today's young people. Mm -hmm. And what I do is I give them a challenge. I give them kind of a homework assignment. I say, think about all the young people in your life, whether it be a, a student, an athlete, uh, a child. 
Mm -hmm. I want you to go ask them, what do they want to be when they grow up? And, and I want you to notice the pattern that takes place. And, and you can go anywhere in the world and ask a young person, mm -hmm. what do they want to be when they grow up? You will get the most ambitious, the most outlandish, the most amazing things. I want to be a doctor. I want to be the first female president. I want to be uh, a singer. I want to be in the NFL. I want to be... So like you said, I mean, it's our soul, our soul's calling. We were born to dream big. Right. So I think I was reading a statistic. It's like when a, a child hears the word no, like 150,000 times mm. before they reach like the teenage years and only 50,000 yeses. And when you think about that, when you think about, when you talk to kids and you hear how excited they are about their dreams and about their goals and what they want to do, and then when you get to the teenage years and you kind of see that enthusiasm and that excitement kind of quell yeah. and it goes away, you have to ask yourself why. And I talk a lot to young uh, teenagers and college students and I say, you know, and I, I challenge them to go back to when they were children. Think right. about the dreams they had. Think about the promises they made themselves. What happened? Where did they go? And it goes to your point about the vulnerability and being exposed. So I challenge adults a lot to do that, to just I help them understand and identify that your kids have dreams. Like the, 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 the kids, we, the young people we dismiss, you know, as, oh, he's just a failing student. He's not motivated. Well, ask that kid what he wants to do when he grows up. He grows up. And you're going to get someone who says, I want to do something that requires excellence and a lot of work that needs to be put in. So we have to ask ourselves, okay, if this kid is a big dreamer and it's not manifesting itself in class or wherever it may be, we have to ask ourselves, where's the disconnect taking place? How can we get this kid's dreams to align with his work ethic and his ability to, to process and do the things he needs to do in order to fulfill those dreams? So yes, I agree with you. I love what you said about that. And so that's, that's a really big motivation. I, I appreciate that. And so that leads me into the next thing, which is, you know, I'm doing this show that's called You Are Good Enough. I'm doing this show because I believe that we have had a corrupt download into really buying into the fact that we are not good enough. And so you and I are talking, we're speaking the same language right now because we know that if we talk to a five-year-old or a six-year-old, they're all smiles. They can't wait to tell you what they want to right. do with their life, okay? Right. And right. then give them five, six years later, and they're like, right. they're afraid to say the truth of yeah. what it is that they want. And, right. you know, my experience is, and, and you might see this too, you also work with parents. It's, mm -hmm. it's the fear of the, from the parents, you know, and society and school. There's a lot going on, but it gets projected right. onto the kids because the parent rental fear is like, right. oh, you know, and guess what? I did the same thing as a parent. I yeah. know what I did. I remember the moments that I did it. Right. And it's yeah. funny. It's like we totally project, you know, because I think in my head if my, you know, son or daughter says I want to be this, you know, and mm -hmm. I think to myself, oh, well, you need that skill to be good at that, right? right? And then, you know, so that's the logical mind, right, stepping mm -hmm. in. Now, I know the truth. The truth is, is that whatever that individual is driven towards, they will find the passion right. leads to the next passion if that passion isn't fully aligned with them. Mm -hmm. But it's an unfolding process right. that 
can happen and flow without the projection, of course, you know? Right. And so that's a big reason I'm doing this. I want people yeah. to realize, you know what? You're good enough just as you are. Right. Doesn't mean you don't have goals. Doesn't mean right. you're not, you know, motivated to keep striving. I mean, we're human right. beings. We have needs to reach beyond ourselves. And once right. we stop doing that, right. um, and you know, you're inspired to reach higher. I mean, once we stop doing that, we die. We right. need to keep moving. We need to keep going and keep. Right. That's yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I'm getting inspired just listening to you. <laughs> well, you're. We're feeding off of each other, right. which is really right. cool. Right. Um, so let me ask you this question. I remember reading um, in your bio about the letter that, your that you read like 20 years after the diagnosis. How old were you actually when you read that letter? I'm just curious. I was about 25, you were 25, 25 years old. Yeah. Okay, so it was like 10 years ago for you or something. Is that right? 11 years. You're, you're, 11 dating, years. Me. you're dating. That's okay. I still no, feel No, like I'm just curious. I'm curious to know from that time, man, how proud were you? <laughs> Right? How amazing must it have been to read a letter where you proved everyone wrong? It was, uh, first of all, when I read the letter, I was kind of shocked. Like, uh, you know, I had to, why didn't you guys show me this letter when I was a kid? Right. And I didn't, you know, I didn't understand the thought process, you know, behind what my parents were thinking at the time. And that's when my mom and dad kind of sat me down and told me why they didn't want me to read the letter. It was like you were saying earlier, it's like, Sometimes we project our fears onto our kids, our young people, our, our hesitations, our anxieties, our worries. Yeah. And our parents did the opposite of that by not showing me the letter. You know, they said, no, we're not going to show him this letter so that he can start programming himself and believing that by a certain age, he's going to be restricted and confined to, to a wheelchair because of his condition. I think my parents, they were kind of visionaries in a way because they, they saw what I could become and they didn't look at my condition and what it was at that point in time. They said, you know, Jason's going to overcome and yeah. become who we know he's destined to be. And so just looking back at that, it kind of aligned because I think it's, this is the case for anyone who, who dares to go on this journey. It's like, if you look back and trace the footsteps of your life, you will see um, patterns that have taken place that have helped you become who you, exactly who you are right now, whether it be good or bad. If, you're, if you feel like you're failing in life right now, look back at the, the footsteps, the, trace your footsteps leading up to this point in time. Right. A rate of bad decisions and different things that have caused you to be at this point. If you're successful and doing great things, trace the footsteps. So everything that we've done in our past is kind of leading us up to become who we are right now. And that's kind of what the book talks about. You know, I, I, I talk about four practical steps and I, I, I really challenge people to ask like the tough questions to themselves. You know, you talked a lot about passion. So there's four practical steps that I talk about to help us fulfill our potential because when, when you, you use words like potential mm -hmm. and reaching your potential, people automatically think, well, what does that look like? How tangible is that? And so you mentioned passion. I think passion is the first step. You have to be passionate and driven by something. Your passion leads to your purpose. Yeah. which is your why for me. Why are you here? What drives you? What motivates you? Yeah. And your purpose leads to your power. And power, I don't mean physical power. Mm -hmm. okay? It could also include physical power, but I mean emotional power, 
mental power, spiritual power, whatever gives you influence. That's what I mean by power. And then your power allows you to fulfill your potential. So it's your passion leading to your purpose, your purpose leading to your power, and your power giving you the ability and the opportunity to fulfill your potential. And I think that's why a lot of people, young, young, old, anybody who's struggling, who's facing doubt and frustration right now in their life is because they're not exercising and utilizing their power. And what do I mean by power? I mean their influence. I mean the greater you that's inside of us, that's screaming out saying, I want to be unleashed to the world to be who I was created to be. Right. And so many people suppress that and just live day to day and die never reaching their full potential. Totally agree. Totally agree. And I love the word power because, you know, in, in my work, I often see, and we, I think we all see that people constantly give their power to others. Right, right. right? And that yeah. goes back to allowing people to define us, right? right allowing our childhood to define who we're going to be, you know, right. allowing our families to define who we're going to be. You know, mm -hmm. not, not everyone has a family that allows them to morph and become who they, they feel inspired or, or motivated to walk towards. Right. Right. But in, in my business, when I work with people, you know, it's, we, we, our first go-to is to give our power away. So right. I love mm -hmm. the fact that you're all about, responsibility of personal power <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely right definitely. it's like yeah. it's like i need to harness this this is my thing and we because we have the power in every moment to make mm. choices it is such a progression though you know mm. we, we do have to get ourselves back on track right right we, we feel the pain of doing something we regret right we feel mm. the pain of making a mistake what we deem as a mistake you and I both know that that mistake, like you said a few minutes ago, is exactly what got us right here right now, right? right, right. So to me, it's not a failure. To me, mm -hmm. it's a learning, thank you. Okay, right. it hurts, it sucks, it stinks, all of those things. Mm -hmm. And it happens to all of us, right? right? But it's, it's what helps us, guide us to get back on the track, mm -hmm. to get yeah. back, back on that path. Right, I agree, I agree. So. I have another question because I, you know, I, I realize you, you speak and you, you know, you do graduation commencements and, you know, you talk to young people and you inspire, you know, in so many different ways, so many different topics mm -hmm. and something that I'm very sensitive to. And one of the reasons I got into the business that I'm in with being a coach and working with people mm -hmm. is because my son's friend. Uh, in his freshman year, actually took his life. Oh, wow. Sorry to hear that. And thank you. It really changed a lot of things. You yeah. know, it's amazing. Like, I, I didn't know this child, mm -hmm. um, but of course, very deeply touched by that. It didn't just take that for me to realize that there's a real disconnect going on with our young people. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, that's a very powerful sign in your face, close to home right. kind of thing. And of course, it, it was devastating for my son. So I'm curious to know what your experience is with working with young people, what you feel is mm -hmm. that thing. What is it that's, that's, do you find might be lost or 
you know, misaligned within a child. I mean, I know what I, what I feel about it. I'd be curious to know what your experience is. You work with a lot more kids than I do. So I'm curious mm -hmm. to know yeah. when you talk about it. What do you say? What do you, what do you, where do you go? Wow. Well, that's, that's a great question. And, you know, I, I, it's something I'm passionate about also, because like I shared earlier, you know, when, when I was younger, I dealt with those issues, you know, and I don't want to call my issues. I dealt with those just Thoughts? everyday life situations. Yeah. Um, you know, the voices in your head, just listening to you, choosing uh, which voice you want to listen to and, and, and your heart, your soul's crying out, your heart crying out. And I just gave a, a, a speech, a presentation at, at a college and I, I was doing some research and I read, you know, how, you know, all the different things that college students are going through, the anxiety, the depression, um, just being overwhelmed, the stress. I think I read the, the uh, suicide was the third highest death uh, among college students. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, I can only imagine, but number one, I mean, and talk about the opioid crisis and different things that are going on with our young people. And so um, when, when I talk about, you know, bullying and, and different things like that, I kind of take a different approach and I, I challenge people to look within, you know, and I tell people, first of all, let's just reach a common ground here. Okay. And stop separating and, and pinpointing bullies because every person has been a bully in their life. Yeah. Every person. And, yeah. and, and when, when I say that, you can see people kind of raise up a little bit and their eyebrows go up and say, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> well, just look at the definition of bullying and think about it. And from a very young age, okay, we, we deal with these questions or concerns about, oh, am I too fat? Am I too ugly? Are my eyes too big? Are my lips too big? Are my nose, my hair? So we question ourselves before yeah. we even step out in the real world. And we're bullying ourselves. We're, yes. we, we're, we're basically tearing ourselves down. I think we need to really get back and understand how we can change and reprogram kids to think and see the beauty within themselves. But if we don't, guess what? Your kid is going out to the real world already thinking what people are going to bully about. Right. If they go to school with, you know, holes in their jeans and dirty clothes, and guess what? They've already noticed that. I know. And so when kids get to school and, hi, your clothes are dirty, your, your hair is not done, guess what? They've already, said, they've already said that internally to themselves. So yeah. when somebody gets to school and they start bullying them about that, it's like you're piling on to what they've already felt about themselves. Right. And so if we can get back, to understanding that we're all dealing with these same things. We all question how beautiful we are. We right. all question if we're good enough. We all question if we have the talent and ability to do whatever we're aspiring to do. Yeah. If we come, if we come together and realize that we're all dealing with these things, then it will be much greater if we build each other up. Totally just, agree. We have the power together, but it has yeah. to come from within first. It has to come with within and it has to it's it's that old program again which says because you and i are different we cannot be friends that is since the way beginning of time right, right because right. your skin color is different because we look at the world politically different you know because mm -hmm. you're you know a different country and i'm you know mm -hmm. whatever it is right being separate is safe but that's really backwards, if you right. will, because union and together is what makes us stronger. We've been so busy pointing fingers. You're different. You look different. You don't have this. You don't have that. 
Mm -hmm. Instead of coming together, I think about too, not to get off topic, but it mm -hmm. breaks my heart to think about the child. You mm -hmm. know, I don't want to like get emotional, but this is like really personal to me. Not yeah. the kid who has to go to school with the dirty jeans or the holes or whatever. Mm -hmm. you know, I spent a period of my life being that kid mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And knowing that my household was really messed up. Mm -hmm. And you hope you can get through another day. You walk into school. People make a comment. Kids are looking at you funny. How do you focus on what you need to do at school? Right. And you know, that's, that's why I'm really on a mission to help change our educational system. I'm, I'm past the point where, you know, I'm criticizing. I want to be a solution. Same. We, already, we already know the problems. But like you hit on a, a very important point, and I'm working on a program that really just focuses on coaching kids, motivating kids, inspiring kids in the classroom. And this, this is how the idea came about. You know, I'm a former coach yep. in sports, right? Yeah. So you think about, just think about the way that we allow coaches to coach our kids and motivate and inspire and hold our kids accountable. If you didn't bring your jersey to, to the game, you don't play. Right. If you don't work hard in practice, guess what? You don't play. Yeah. But when we get into the classroom, where's the motivation? Where's the inspiration? We just we just shove information down a kid's throat. <laughs> we didn't do anything to prepare right. them to be inspired. Right. So my challenge for educators, for parents, for anybody involved in working with kids is that before you do anything with a kid, the first mm -hmm. thing you need to do is inspire them. You need to connect with them. Yeah. And so I'm working on a program where we that can be a part of the curriculum within the school is just coaching kids to believe yeah. in themselves, to, to be inspired, to be motivated. Because a kid's not going to care about math if he has no purpose, no vision for where he wants to go in life. Right. I, I love that idea. I And I would like to add another class to the curriculum. <laughs> and that is, and that is we, are, we are all the same. We all struggle with the same things. We right. all think that we're the only ones going through it, but, but no. Yeah, so. very true. It's very true. I, you know, I think about, I mean, you're in the state of Massachusetts, Boston, right. is it? Boston, okay. Well, I'm outside. I'm in Massachusetts. Boston. Yes, I'm okay. We just think about, I mean, just think about uh, 81 times a year at the Boston Red Sox game for home games. You get thousands of people. <laughs> you get thousands of people there yeah. with one, one sole mission to root on and cheer the Red Sox. You have Donald Trump supporters, you have Barack Obama supporters, you have, you, right. have, you have atheists, you have Christians, you have all these different people right. there for one common goal, and that's to cheer on the Boston Red Sox to victory. Right. And I feel like that's a metaphor for life. Why can't, why can't life look like that? Why can't we come together in life and cheer each, each other on to the ultimate victory? Right. And what is that victory? That victory is doing what you were put here to do. Yeah. Whatever that may look like, whatever it may be, becoming the best you can be in whatever it is. Right. I totally agree. And at the same time, if you're at a ball game and yeah. you're with all those people, you feel that energy. You right. feel that undercurrent of we are all the, all, all the same and on the same yeah. page. And so yeah. this happened to be a, a Red Sox-Yankees game. Red Sox are having an awesome season, okay? Yeah. And I was expecting, okay, I'll just say I was expecting the Sox to win, but it was kind of a blowout, you know, right. for the Yankees. Right. And years ago, I remember going to the game and people would boo the Yankees. But the other night I was at the game and I, I just thought it was awesome because the energy had shifted 
or at least I felt that way. Like yeah. we can respect each other for our differences mm -hmm. and we're all here for the same passionate reason. Right. That goes way back between the Yankees yeah. and the Red Sox, but yeah. to have it feel like that to me, it's so funny how I'm not a sporty kind of person and I know you are and in your speaking and things, you know, you talk about sports. There are so many metaphors for life. You know, my brother, he's a sports psychologist, does the same, you know, different yeah. females that I know who are in the business. There's a lot to it. It's very cool. Yeah. And I, I would love to meet your brother, by the way. I, I think we would, we would connect really well. Yeah, but, no, it's I mean, possible. I, I, I look forward to it. But yeah. I mean, it's well, like you said, the reason I use so many sports metaphors and analogies is because really life, it, like in a way, it's a sport. <laughs> yeah, it's a sport. Um, yeah. I do a presentation where I talk to young people, teenagers, high school, college age, and it's called uh, Follower or Fanatic. And I, I really encourage young people to be followers. Because I, I, I really feel like there's two people in the world. You have followers and you have fanatics. And the followers are those who are sitting back. doesn't mean they're not leading. Okay. I think this, this belief that if you're a follower, you're not a leader. I really encourage them to, to be a follower, mm -hmm. but watch who you're following because the opportunity to lead will come based on how well you follow and how well you serve. And I, and I, I create this picture for them. Let's, let's say you get a chance to meet your, your childhood idol or somebody who's you've looked up to, who's had a big in, influence in your life. Yeah. If you had a chance to meet them and had a chance to spend five minutes with them, would you ask for an autograph? Or would you sit down and take notes and ask them about their journey and things that could help you practically? And I say the fanatic is the person that asks for the autograph. Now, I know nothing wrong with asking for autographs, but me personally, I don't need an autograph. Right. I need your information. I need your insight. I need some inspiration to help me get to where you have gotten. Right. So I, I encourage young people, especially if you have that opportunity to spend time and pick their brain, because guess what? It's gonna help you stand out. And eventually you might be in the same position to, be, to, to impart your wisdom upon someone. And this is a, a call out to all the celebrities and the stars and anyone who, who's worthy of being asked for an autograph. Yeah. You know, if you have that opportunity, do something to give back. Don't just be content with giving someone an autograph. Share some, even if it's just, hey, man, I believe in you. Hey, young lady, I believe in you. Here's yeah. an autograph. Yeah. In addition to that, I mean, just think about how powerful that could be. How Very realistically powerful. can they do that with thousands of people? That, no, but you could just, maybe it's just a look of belief that that kid needs. That's, hey, man, LeBron James looked at me like he believes I can do it. And it can change the course of their life. It can change the course of their life. You know, it's, it's interesting. The way you describe that is the difference between believing in materialism more mm -hmm. than authentic self. Right. Right. And so the fanatic is the materialism, right? Mm -hmm. We think that's the mm -hmm. way to happiness. We think right. it's going to make, it's going right. to change our lives when we get that so-and-so's baseball yeah. on my shelf right we yeah. think that's my life is this is it right here right. Yeah. it's more important to get the the sharing of dude you know what don't listen to anybody but yourself mm -hmm. yeah right yeah. it's okay to take everyone's information in but at mm -hmm. the end of the day 
you got to go to bed with yourself and you got to wake up in the morning. And you get to look at yourself in that mirror. You're, you're, you come on this planet being one person mm -hmm. and you're, you're going out alone too, right? You yeah. come in alone, you go out alone. So right. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're, you're right. right. I, I that's love what that. you got. So I think yeah. that that's, I think that's awesome. I don't know if I should share this. It's kind of embarrassing, but growing up, I was a huge Mariah Carey fan. She had a song. <laughs> I don't know if you remember Hero. Hero. Okay. Who doesn't know Hero? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. There's a hero inside of a song. No, and that, yeah. Even when I was a kid, that, that line stood out to me. And I think, I don't know, maybe subconsciously it helped me um, along this path where I really want to, in a nutshell, help people discover the hero inside of us because everyone has it. I mean, you look at when tragedies happen. Yeah. I mean, and when you talk to people in just a casual conversation, oh, I, I don't know if I can do that. Then when you're thrust into action and you have to respond and you have to do, guess what? The hero that's inside of you comes out. True. So my, my challenge for people is why not live that hero out every day? Why yeah. wait? You know, and that's uh, what the greater you talks about. There's a greater you inside of everyone. Just think about this, Kimberly. You think about the, what you're doing, the impact that you're having on so many people. Um, and I don't know if this is something that you, you envisioned yourself doing as a child, but the fact is that you're here doing it. So that means that, what you, as you mentioned, your soul is crying out. You know, there was something inside of you that said, I can be better than what I've been. There's something greater inside of me. There's mm -hmm. a call on my life, to, a, a greater impact that I, that I can have on the world. And you pursued it. So you pursue the greater you. And I think it's very important for everybody to listen to that call. The, the, the sad reality is that the majority of people live and die, never responding to that inner voice inside of them saying, I can do better. And it doesn't mean you're, you become famous. It doesn't mean you become wealthy. It doesn't mean you, can, you become uh, even known by people. It, it right. means that you, your life meant something. Kind of going back to what JFK said with the words, think not what, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And right. I think that's really what we're here on earth to do. Agreed. Is, you know, is to take our gifts and talents and give it back to the world yeah. and make it a better place. Make it a better place, right? Yeah. And so the definition of better is also changing. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's ever evolving. It you know, is. We're, we're morphing now. We're yeah. we're doing big transitions every right. single day. It seems every, like every day. You're right. Every so, single day. The higher ground we are ascending for sure. Um, <laughs> so I I could talk to you forever. Okay. I talk to you forever. So the last thing I just had a question on your activities and things, you know, things, your favorite activities that you enjoy. Yeah. I saw spoken word poetry. Uh, what in the world is spoken word poetry? Spoken word poetry is poetry that is spoken in a way that makes you feel the passion. I'm trying to summarize it in a way. It's, it's poetry, let's say you have a poem and you're just reading the poem. Mm -hmm. Poetry for me is taking the words on that page and bringing them to life. And right, but I love that because yeah. it's one thing to read a poem. It's interesting that you take the poem and you're bringing it to life. You're bringing it so that it can have more of an impact than mm -hmm. maybe just the words on the page, right? Right, right. Yeah. 
I don't. I, I, I can do a little. You're gonna something, do one. It's not. <laughs> I'm not gonna go really. Don't go crazy. It's okay. You can do no. whatever you want. Okay. So I'm kind of a deep thinker. So. Uh, yeah. Me too. Okay. All right. He was six years old when he saw his first body buried six feet deep. The bare bones of skeletons haunting a wretched soul in a land where the death toll rises as high as the heat. Two guns, one in hand, one in hand and the other clutched to his waist. The six-year-old boy had no time to waste. Manhood came calling him at an early age. While friends were becoming victims of a 12-gauge, the little man had to fight for survival. Wow. Well, that's deep. <laughs> wow. Okay. And that is, I, I haven't even finished that one yet. <laughs> really? Wow. Wow. I would love to. Do you do that? Or are you just, that's just something you're, it's just no, like. No, I, I actually, no, I actually perform and, and do poetry, spoken word poetry. I had a feeling you do. Okay. You do perform. Yeah. That's cool. But you do so much stuff. I'm so impressed. You know what? I've, I've been inspired by you. Oh yeah. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, so let's, I think we've covered so much. It's been such a pleasure for me, but mm -hmm. I wanted to let people know where they can go, where they can get your book. When's your book coming out? Is your book out? My book is not out yet. I'm still okay. uh, completing it, but I'm hoping to have it out by okay. uh, early next year. Okay. Early to 2019. Okay, cool. Um, and so where can people go um, to find you? Go to your website, read about you, see what kind of speaking engagements you do. Yeah, you can go to my website. It's jasonadixon.com. Um, also, my blog uh, is Call Me Coach. Call Me Coach. Uh, I like which, that. Which I really focus on. It's, it's really a, a blog site for yep for coaches, but mm -hmm. as you, you learned during this interview, I use a lot of sports metaphors and different right. things that I think everyday people can relate to. Uh, also social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, cool. uh, it's Coach Jason82, the number 82. And so, you know, this this whole, as you, you, I don't know if you've ever gone through this, but this whole being in the spotlight and impacting people and, you know, it's new for me. I, I, was, I was an introvert okay. growing up. Yeah, well, I wasn't an introvert, but but no. it's <laughs> for me. Yeah, you're doing great. Your message Appreciate is beautiful. It. You're just awesome. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Um, I enjoyed. I enjoyed you as well. And I would like to have you come back. I totally want to come back and talk about some other things. Like my mind is already like working. Ah, um, you just tell me when and where, and I'm there. Okay, cool. I'm okay, so this is part one. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay. I'll talk to you shortly. Okay. Thank you. Thanks okay. everyone for listening.